Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Whoa What Podcast. Today we'll be covering all things the great outdoors. Um, just real quick before we get into it, we will be talking about hunting, fishing, shooting. Um, if that is something that you don't necessarily want to hear, uh, we'll have Aaron drop um, time timestamps in the uh, description to kind of be able to get you to fast forward through it. So we'll start off with our introductions. Let's go around the table, boys. Got your boy at double A to the Ron here. Hey, it's Max. <laughs> and this is Steven. We want to start the episode off by saying a thank you to the people of visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram. The perfect blend of urbanity and old world charm surrounded by breathtaking beauty. Yes, one city really can have it all. Lucky us and lucky you too. Visit at visitwinona and visitwinona.com today to see everything this one city has to offer. Uh, I want to start things off here by kind of firing it around the table. Uh, and let's just kind of talk about when we go outside, when we think of outdoor activities, um, what do you guys like to do? Uh, I don't know. I love camping just pretty much all the time. Uh, I would say fishing, but uh, that requires a fishing license. I haven't had that since I needed <laughs> one. So, uh, Not private property. Well, that's about the only little bit of fishing I do. Uh, well, then you're good. But, yeah, no, and then uh, used to love kayaking. Yeah, haven't haven't done it in a while, but big kayaking and hiking guy. Okay. Aaron, how about you? Hmm, I mean, shooting is probably the biggest one, but you don't have to do that outside. You can do it inside, but it's frowned upon. Uh, kayaking, if I could, you know, transport a kayak, but... I don't have a truck, so I don't have a kayak, so I can't kayak. In camping, <laughs> if I could just live outside, that'd be great. Just, just stay outside all the time. Forever, yeah. Forever, yeah. Well, interesting that you bring that up because later on we're going to go around the table and talk about how long we think we could do that. Forever. Uh, Aaron thinks forever, so we'll definitely call back to this. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. I mean, that's fine. I said what I said. You gonna stand by it? I'm gonna stand by it. All right, we'll see. Forever. We'll see. Uh, so for me, uh, hunting, fishing, camping, shooting um, as well. Uh, I would say of all of those, kind of growing up, my, my number one was probably fishing. Same. Um, as I've gotten older, um, I do a lot less fishing than I used to, but I really enjoy camping. Um, in fact, if you guys jump over to at uh, Pod on Instagram, you can see a picture that we posted from when the three of us uh, went camping last time. Um, kind of uh, just a shot of us kind of walking through the woods trying to find a good spot. Um, again, whoa, what pod on Instagram. Um, so uh, we, we've kind of talked hunting. We've kind of, you know, laid out kind of what we like to do. So let's jump into hunting here and kind of talk about the upcoming deer season. We are, as we record this, we are uh, less than a month away. Are we now? Deer season, less than, well, Ooh. so deer season is open. Uh, we're less than a month away from uh, rifle and shotgun. Oh, okay. Which is what we care about. Which is what we care about. Um, so what uh, I guess so so Aaron and I for the, for the viewers, Aaron and I will um, will be hunting together um, this year. So Aaron, what what are you looking forward to most about the upcoming uh, deer season? I am going to decrease the deer population by whatever's legal. However many I can bring home is how many I'm bringing home. So in our state. Great it's state of Indiana. Four apiece, right? Or three it's apiece? It's three apiece. You get uh, a buck and two doe. Okay. 
So, so there will be six deer in the back of your truck when we come back. I certainly hope so. I'm not leaving until there is. Are you just going to camp the whole time? Yeah. Okay. High expectations. Very high expectations. One of two things is going to happen. Okay. Deer season is going to end, or I'm going to be coming back with six deer. Whichever happens first. All right. I'm not leaving. Thanksgiving, sayonara. I'm staying. <laughs> so, so Max, let's uh, let's throw it to you. Do you plan on doing any hunting uh, this season? Uh, I would love to. I don't actually currently have my hunter's license. Uh, it was something I wanted to do when I was younger. Just never got a got around to my dad and I actually going through with it all. Uh, but no, I will not be doing that this season unless I can somehow hop on it real quick i mean you have time you do have time and um since covid everything's pretty much done online yeah um so whenever you in order for those of you guys who don't know i'm pretty sure this is true nationwide but i know at least for indiana um you have to complete a hunter's education course god it was so stupid it's long it's boring it really um i kind of the way i described it is is it's kind of geared towards people who have never practiced any kind of firearm safety. It's um, literally like they think anyone that's going to go hunting has never touched a gun before in their life. And the first time they buy one, they think I should just shoot stuff with it. So there's parts of it that if I were to take it would be very just boring. So the, whole- the entire time I did not actually do any of it. I just let it play. And then I did the test at the end. Same. It's common sense. It really is. If you load your gun, where should you point it? A, your face. B, your stomach. C, the ground. Or C, a safe place. Or D, a safe place to aim. Right. I wonder where. It really is. I mean, it is that bad. All right. Wow. It's rough. Yeah. That's kind of tough. Yeah. So so you you, you take care of that. You get a Hunter's Ed um, ID number. And then you go to Indiana DNR. You put your okay. hunter's education ID in, and it lets you get your full uh, hunting license. I it's very confusing really? if you actually get a license or not, because I got that thing in the mail, like the paper, right? And then I got the two cards, but the cards are from the education place, not DNR. Right. So the so, hunter's ed is it's is a card. Yeah. The f- hunting and fishing license, which I got the combo. So did you, right? It, yeah. It's just the paper. It's just the paper. Do I have to carry that thing yes. around? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know that it. much. You can you can go online and reprint it. Oh, well, I mean, I have it somewhere. I so, so so is that pretty much all you got to do? Yeah. That's all you got to do. Really? Well, of course, like buy, your tags, buy your tags. Something like it that. It was like $25 for the fishing and the hunting for a year. And then $20 for Hunter's Ed. Yeah. And once you've completed Hunter's Ed, you're good. You don't have to you never have to do, do it again. again. Okay. You just what? Renew have, your license. Renew, renew your, license your license every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then... I should have a lifetime. I... Because I had some buddies who did hunting back when I was in like grade school and high school, but I never really talked to him much about it. What uh, I know you have to get tags, but what's the process there? So you can go um, places like Rural King. I'm pretty sure you can do it online. You can go to the butcher shop and get them. You can go to the butcher like shop. Weird, really? weird yeah. places. Yeah. Huh. So so all you do is you go, you buy your tag. Okay. Or your tags rather, um, and then you keep those on you while you're hunting. All and right. then if you if you successfully shoot and kill a deer, 
you put the tag on it, you have to put the, I believe, the county it was shot in. Okay. The date. Yep. And then I'm sure you have to put, like, your license number or something like that. So when you take it to turn it in and um, and get it processed and things like that, you have to be able to show proof that you're, you're licensed, you purchased the tag, right, and, and things like that. So Speaking of that, I got an email the other day from Indiana DNR saying that if I kill any deer this year, they would like that. But also, if I would like to send off a sample of said deer to get COVID tested, that's allowed. And they would like that as well. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll cook it uh, hot enough that the, the virus dies. Yeah. yeah. So, But if your deer have COVID, be sure to wear a mask while you're hunting. <laughs> <laughs> well, conveniently for me, I've got one of those like full face deals where the eyes open. Oh, nice. And if the gators work, so do that. Yeah. So um, here's an interesting thing. Do you guys know how they set the limit for deer? By the population? I mean, the population's been, they, we've been overpopulated with deer since like Do what, they have 80? a yearly census for the deer? No. No? It's set by insurance companies. What? Yeah. Based on claims for deer-related accidents. The thing is, we've had an overpopulation how? of deer since how? forever. I don't know how it works, but that's how it's set. The insurance companies in each state set it. I wonder if they set it to the point where there'll still be enough to destroy things. Have accidents? Yeah. Well, the insurance companies don't want it. I'm surprised the insurance company don't come out and make some kind of report and be like, you can kill 12. <laughs> that yeah. still wouldn't be enough. Like, I, I saw something, like, with how overpopulated we are in most states. Right. You could have every single person that hunts currently go out and kill 100 every year wouldn't make a wouldn't make a dent that's crazy so so okay so we've, we've gone over deer hunting let's talk about and this is probably not something that gets talked about very often so the particular place that we go private property um huge beaver problem oh yeah <laughs> at where we go mm-hmm. um so we have permission from the property owner to hunt beavers um so I'm going to throw it to uh, Aaron because, uh, Max, you have gone with us. Aaron and I yeah. went, uh, just him and I, the first time. Uh, we've we gone went. three times. Well, at right. At least. Right. But the first time we went, it was just you and I. So I want to hear what Aaron thought about whenever we decided we were going to hunt beaver. So we've gone three, four times, maybe. Right. Max, guess how many beaver we've killed? Uh, one? No. Zero. We've killed zero. None. Yes. Well, I know there was zero when I was there. Yeah, none. They don't come out. They just hide forever and dumb. One, we destroyed their dam. We went down yeah. there and <laughs> destroyed it. Next time, if we go beaver hunting again, I'm bringing 15 pounds of tannerite and I'm blowing it sky high. Well, that'll do it. That it might kill the lot. beaver too while I'm at it. Yeah. So we've heard them. Yeah. But I've heard but again, them. so. So the it's interesting, so dark. It's so dark. And that's what I was going to bring up is you kind of expect when you're out in the middle of nowhere, moon, clear as can be, I'm convinced right. the moon doesn't come out in this part of the I'm convinced state. the moon doesn't exist. Out there. It's just, a, it's just put up on the sky by the powers that be in certain areas. But they don't think anyone's out there, so they're like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, they don't worry about it. No, I mean, I thought we were good the time we went out there because it was – what beginning of this year wasn't it? Yeah, it was still to be a full moon. Wasn't it March? 
Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was like cold. a full moon. There were no leaves on the trees. I was like, oh, we'll have great vision tonight. And then the no. moon just, I don't know where it went. Doesn't yeah. exist. Nothing. It doesn't exist. So here's an interesting, interesting thing about that. So they set up, the people who own the, on the property set up beaver traps. You know what they caught one time? What? They caught an otter. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And otters are smart. So they caught it. They realized they caught it. They had to look into, because it was an accident. Right. So they had to look into, um, they had to look into like the laws for otters and, and things like that. Yeah. And private property, of course, kind of helps. But it happened to be the season to trap otter. So, well, that's lucky. Yeah, it was, it was very lucky. So they, so they go back, they do all their stuff, and they come back to the trap. And this otter had worked its way out. It, it really? worked its way out of the trap. It was crazy. Crazy. I was going to say, I've never heard, I've, I have heard of otter hunting. I actually have uh, somebody, a friend of my wife's, her man, uh, actually just this last year, uh, went out and did some otter hunting both for, uh, it seems like you can, I can't remember the numbers, but you can do X amount for actual, like your personal hunting. And then you're allowed X amount that you then turn into DNR mm-hmm. for research. Yeah. COVID. So it's crazy. No, not COVID. Not, not COVID. COVID research. Probably COVID. Research not that now. I was told. They can call it the otter strain. The otter strain. Yeah. That'd be when we get to O. Yeah. O for otter. <laughs> o COVID. <laughs> the COVID otter variant. <laughs> Somebody ate an otter, and now we have COVID. <laughs> Um, so another thing, so, so we've done the beaver hunting up there. We're looking forward to deer season. Another thing we're looking forward to, especially where we go, um, because it's a huge problem up there. Uh, we're actually going to do try our hand at coyote hunting, which we've kind of tried before, but we were never in the kind of in the right time again, with it being private property, you're not kind of beholden to the season necessarily because in this particular place, they are a nuisance. There's way too many of them. Um, people used to go up there and squirrel and rabbit hunt. And that was something that was always interesting to me. When we would go up there, I would never see squirrels. There's trees everywhere. You never see squirrels. Never see a squirrel. No, I've never seen one You see plenty of rabbits, though. I've seen seen one rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. I've seen at least one rabbit. So. I know you have. So you. So. No longer exists. They used to go squirrel hunting up there all the time. They don't anymore because the coyotes have gotten so bad. So we set up. We were trying to coyote hunt, blah, blah, blah. Again. We weren't in, um, it just wasn't the right time of year. It was too hot. We heard them, but they weren't overactive, things like that. So this winter, um, actually coyote season has opened up already. It opens up in October. Um, Why are we here right now? Because we have a job to do. Okay, but we could record this up there. While hunting for While hunting. And you may, the viewers might be annoyed if they hear loud shots but you know coyotes yeah, gotta get coyotes. you know sitting here chit-chatting mid-sentence bah, 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 bah. right i mean <laughs> you know you gotta do what you gotta do so we're gonna try our hand coyote season's kind of long to uh, like october to is it March? january is it january wow yeah it's long it's like all winter it'd be that big of a season yeah in, because they're terrible nobody likes coyotes it, and they're yeah, so they're hear. bad they're just so bad up there well yeah because i remember what we had one sniffing around the tent one time yep and then another time around the hammocks. Yep. And then another time I was out by the outhouse just walking around. And uh, 
I definitely heard multiples out in the field, maybe like 60 yards away. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, and I'm going yeah, back they're, inside. <laughs> and, and they're not scared of anything. If they think there's food there, they're there. See, I've heard, I mean, I don't know about up there. I'm sure it all differs, but I've heard that for the most part, like coyotes are a little easier to scare away. They're not possum easy. They're really easy to scare away unless there's food. Yeah. Um, like if you have that a, makes sense. a rabbit call and yeah. a little thing that spins around on top that looks like a rabbit tail, All right. they will caution to the wind. Yeah, they don't. They're, they're really? there. For it. They, yeah, they don't. Um, they don't like deer. Like if you're if you're doing like the calls and you're doing the antlers and and all that, deer will kind of like uh, sneak around and kind of look and see what's going on. Coyotes will dead sprint if they think it's food and they think really. Yeah, they come because I've kind of heard like you know people automatically think of them more like that, like with wolves. But then I've heard that like some people say. That coyotes are completely different. They're like a lot more skittish than wolves. They are, but again, if they think that there's well, it's usually food. in winter because in winter there's not very much food. Okay, so that the makes moment sense. they hear food, they're like, "I'm there." Oh, okay, yeah. So you have to really be uh, cognizant of where you position yourself because they'll come running uh, right up. That's on fair. You. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to tell the direction they're at whenever they're whenever they're howling. Well, with all the yeah. hills and stuff, it just bounces off everything. Yeah, you so don't know where it's at. So you got head on a <laughs> swivel. When you're, oh, yeah. When you're hunting I mean, most coyotes. people hunt with a rifle, but they keep a shotgun next to them. Right. Because they might be, like, on you. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, and there's never just one. No. 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 Definitely yeah. a pack animal. So, okay. That's why you can try to get two first. Well, yeah. Get a couple at the same time. So, okay, so for coyote hunting, Aaron, what um, what's your weapon of choice? The coyote hunt. Mm, well, I have one weapon of choice, but I have a new weapon on the way that's going to be my new weapon of choice. So which one do you want? I or want, do you want both? I, that's fine. Okay. I have my AR in 5.56, the 16-inch barrel. That will be my weapon of choice for now until my new AR shows up in 6.5 Grendel. That'll do the trick. Yeah, it will. It'll probably do it. I mean, it has more armor-piercing capability than 308 up to 1,200 yards, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah, you're probably good. I think it'll. I think it'll be <laughs> fine. Right, Max. If you were hunting coyotes, what are you? I mean, right you do now got that, you do got that shotgun. Yeah, right now, just based off what I have, I'll probably be bringing my 12 gauge. I mean, I'd love to pick up, you know, an AR or a 308 or something. But uh, as far as what I could currently bring with me, yeah, I'd be packing my 12 gauge with me. Yeah. So I would no question. I'm going to go with Bushmaster AR-15. Five five six for me. Um, you want thirty round mag? Hope a pack of them shows up. Hundred round double drum. Hundred round oh. double drum. All right. So deer hunting, Aaron. We'll go back. Same question. Um, whenever we deer hunt this year, what are you gonna? What are you gonna Can use? You take my three hundred eight Remington seven hundred. But in the future, I could just use that six point five grunt. You could. It might just be my all around gun yeah. for hunting. Right. Anything. Rabbits. Six point five. Wait, wait. <laughs> Where's the rabbit? Nowhere. No. Exactly. Yeah. It hits it. Yeah, it disappears. I mean, six point five Grendel's not that big. No. Like no, if you look at for it, for a rabbit, I mean, it's got a lot of velocity though. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out of like over three thousand feet per second. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Quick boy. So Max, you're gonna do the same. You're going shotgun. Deer slug. Yeah, I mean, ideally, Deers? especially with deer, like, yeah, I'd probably 
rather be inaccurate. Yeah, rather so. be going with a 308 or something in that range there. But yeah, probably uh, my 12 gauge again with some rifled slugs. Yeah. I'm I just going. don't trust slugs for like past 50 yards. I mean, they make rifled slugs. I know, but like, how far is it really accurate? Well, you'd have to find that out before you go deer hunting. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, well, according to a little video I watched the other day, I can't remember the yardage, but uh, it was way more than 50 yards, and this guy was pinging metal targets like it was nobody's business. I mean, I guess it's possible. I just haven't hunted anything other than with buckshot or birdshot. Right. Right. Okay, so um, for me, deer hunting, 308, Savage Arms, Axis 2. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless. That's a free ad. <laughs> we always swore we wouldn't do free ads, but God, I love my gun. I love it. So, um, so that's what uh, that's what I'll use for deer hunting. Um, okay, uh, so I want to hear from from you guys about what a dream hunt. If money is not an object, okay. Time is not an object. Do I get whatever gun I want? Any gun you want. Okay. If you could do. Any hunt, uh, let's keep it in North America. So any hunt in North America, what would it be? I want to go bear hunting in Alaska. Okay. All right. Yeah. With like, I mean, I get it. Like a 700 Nitro Express. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want. Bear hunt in Alaska, 700 Nitro Express. Yeah. And I'll stay there for six weeks. I may kill a bear in the first three days, but I'll stay there for six weeks. Okay. Okay. I don't see why not. That You're would be Alaska. fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Mine's actually kind of in the same vein. So it's really? a bear hunt, but in Canada. So I had some a group of friends who, um, or a couple of guys that I know that went with a group of friends um, to a place outside of Thunder Bay, um, Ontario. Oh, okay. And they would bear hunt up there and just, it sounds like it'd be so much fun. I either want to do that or I want to go with swamp people down what? in down in, in Louisiana and I want to hunt gators. There it is. <laughs> All right, I I get it. From what I've seen, gator hunting doesn't look like it's as fun though. Well, no, I mean it's not. You like, like stalking your no. prey or anything. Yeah, it's like, a little more just of a hope one gets close situation. and then you pull it up and shoot it in the head. A very specific spot about the size it's, of a. Quarter. It's like it's like a mob execution. It's fine. I want to do it. <laughs> A mob execution? No, the gator Because we can arrange that. I yeah, want to do but the I gator mean, hunt. to pull one of those creatures, like, <laughs> e- even after... One of those dinosaurs into your boat? Yes. Like, you're pulling a dinosaur into your boat. You just killed a dinosaur and pulled it into your boat. Fair. I only picked Alaska and not Canada, because I don't like their gun laws. Right. So there's a... They, there was like a whole laundry list of things that they had to do to get through with all their you stuff. You had to do like a the whole inspection at the border yeah. and all that. But they said it really wasn't that much of a pain. Really? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Well, huh. you have to take something that you know that they're okay with. Right. Like, you know you, you can't, can't take pepper spray? Canada In Canada, pepper spray is illegal. What? What? Yeah. But you can own hunting rifle. Yeah. Pepper spray is illegal. That's Okay, insane. so here's the thing. I heard a comedian talk about this. And and bef- after I say this, we're going to jump to Max for his dream hunt. Okay. But that reminded me of it. So there was a comedian who was talking about um, how he carried pepper spray rather than a gun. Or no, I'm sorry. He carried a gun rather than pepper spray because with a gun, he would at least think about it. 
If somebody, he's like, he goes, he said something to the effect of, if somebody took the parking spot. Yeah. Pepper spray. Pepper spray. He pepper didn't spray. care who they were. Granny, doesn't matter. But if he's got a gun, he'd go, eh, maybe not. And then maybe not. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I respect that a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Max, what's your dream hunt? I don't know. I'd probably have to say uh, elk hunting out there and, you know, like elk hunting or bison. Bison oh, would be cool. Would you make that bison burgers? Cool. I mean, probably. Okay. That would be cool. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Go out there, you know, and like kind of out west towards like Colorado and Montana and like that. And to yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. That does sound like fun. I think that would be a lot of fun um, to do. Um, okay, so whenever we opened this episode, I kind of said something about a disclaimer um, for hunting. Uh, I do think this is an important question and something important to cover. Um, I know that in some areas, hunting kind of gets a bad rep. Um, you know, people who aren't necessarily fans of guns or fans of killing animals, things like that. And I want to say, if you're just doing it to take something's life, then I agree. But I think it's important to cover, uh, while we're talking about hunting, the reasons that we hunt. We, you know, so, so Max, I'll start with you. Okay. Why is hunting important to you? And why, um, why is it something that you're interested in that you want to do uh, moving forward? Well, I don't know. It it's something I've always been interested in just like there's a small feeling about it that I can't quite fully explain. I don't know if like you get that it's just something that's always kind of attracted to me, but it's not the point of like taking of the life. I know we have plenty of grocery stores and restaurants and everything, but the aspect of like, you know, using everything from the animal, like kind of have that old school feel of things and like getting food from it. That kind of appeals to me. Also being able to like how we mentioned earlier, like population control, because then if an animal becomes overpopulated, then that affects the whole ecosystem. Uh, and also paying for your tags, your license, doing stuff like that, whether it's fishing, hunting, anything like that that gives DNR and the state money to continue to keep these parks and woodland areas both protected and, you know, the animals safe until you go hunt them, of course. Right, right, right. Within restrictions. I'm going to branch off a little bit here. One, it's for the meat and, you know, to feel back like we were thousands of years ago where we hunted for the food that we get. But... The excitement of it, the the skill that you have to have of being able to stalk your prey and all the other stuff. And let's be real, the only reason it's legal is not so people can have cheap meat. It's legal because it has to happen. Right. They right. have to be killed because otherwise, the way that we've moved in and taken over all this land and all this stuff, the animals that used to kill them are not as prevalent. So, like in our state, and I'm pretty sure every other state where deer are around, they're everywhere. There's way too many of them. And even if they opened up hunting all year long, there would still be way too many of them because DNR 
40 years ago didn't do that great of a job in estimating how many deer they thought would be here. And now 40 years later, there's 100 times that many. Right. So, I mean, the act of killing them is not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to kill some stuff. But at the same time, they have to die. Yeah. Because otherwise they won't. They'll just keep reproducing forever. And then eventually it'll get to the point where there's just, you know, deer that walk the sidewalk with you on their way to school. So, yeah. Well, so for me, it's kind of all of those things. It's um, sustainability. Right. Again, the adrenaline is, is the adrenaline pumping, the skill you have to have, the feeling like our ancestors. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, to the population control. It's important to note that the population control, when we talked about it being set by insurance companies, that's, that's a big part of it, obviously. But if we let, you know, if we let deer just go un, uncontrolled, right? then the difference goes from when Aaron and I go deer hunt with 308s and we drop the deer like that, there's no suffering, there's nothing like that, in, done, and we get the meat. Right. If you let them go over control, then, then, then the ecosystem's out of whack. And then you've got suffering deer, you've got sick deer, you've got all of these things. And then that probably parlays a lot into tainted meat for whenever you do hunt them, things like that. And it just, it's a bad situation all around. So population control is really important. Um, being able to sustain yourself is really important. We've grown so comfortable um, just relying on running to the grocery store whenever you need some hamburger meat. Right? Well, that's what I was about to say. I mean, people like to look at us humans as a third party like we're not part of the ecosystem we used to be right in there the ecosystem things kill these things these kill those things and then we kill them and we keep it all under control now we want chicken beef pork what else is that it i mean that's the majority yeah turkey and chicken beef yeah, as pork, far as turkey land that's, animals, that's it yeah for the most part Nobody kills deer like you don't see. You don't walk to your Walmart and find deer just like all over the place like you do beef. No. And we used to kill deer all the time Yeah, back in the day. And now we want to look at ourselves as like this higher power and animals are on a different level. We're animals. Exactly, yeah. It's a food chain. And without us killing them, we're screwing the ecosystem so it's on us. Right. Not the deer. As being the top. Of that food chain, you know. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Could be some aliens Shout out there out somewhere. Shout out to the Megalodon. Swimming sure. around in, in the Mariana Trench. Or the, or the, what is it called? The the squid? The massive The Kraken? Squid. Yeah, the Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of... Um, so those are all really good points about um, about why we hunt. And uh, it's funny that you guys bring up there that, that the Megalodon was brought up and, and the squid, the Kraken was brought up because that kind of uh, segues us into our next uh, topic, which in the same vein as hunting, we're going to talk a little bit of fishing um, and just different fishing trips that, uh, that we've gone on. So the first thing I kind of want to do is what's the, what's the biggest fish you've caught? Like if you had to put a fish that you've caught as a trophy fish, which one is it? I don't know, like a bass. 
I don't go fishing, so. I mean, I'd like to. I don't have what I need to go fishing, though. And it's expensive. Right. It's like okay. golf. Yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've never, you know, done any deep sea fishing or anything like that, but I, I've put up some pretty good bass before, but I'd say probably, like, if I was to talk like my biggest trophy or biggest fish caught, uh, it was a catfish. I mean, he's probably about four, three, three and a half foot long. Goodness Good gracious. Yeah. And Did I mean, it, it took, I was, I think I was thir- 12 or 13 at the time. And my dad had to help me get him onto the shore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to change my answer. That eel I caught in Florida. It wasn't an eel. Ribbon you, fish. Ribbon fish. There you go. Which I think is in the eel family. It might be, man. That is a weird looking fish. If you yeah. guys are listening. Really? Yeah. Man. Take a, take a minute to hit pause and just go type in ribbon fish. They are mean looking. Yeah, they are. And I caught one. And mean. I was like, what? Eight? Probably. Nine? Yeah. Like, we're on was that here. down in St. Augustine? Mm, or it was in the Keys, one of the two. I don't think it was the Keys. I think Either it was St. Augustine. We were on a pier. Big okay. yeah. Everyone's fishing, like, all the way down. It had to have been 300 feet long, this yeah, pier. Yeah. And we're on it, not far down. We're fishing. Nobody caught anything except me. Oh, well, of course. Pretty sure, right? Nobody caught anything, which is usually how it went. Right. So I catch something, and I was like, it doesn't feel like anything crazy. Okay. So reeling it up, and this pier is pretty far off. So, I mean, after it got out of the water, I'm still reeling for a while. And I get it up, and it's this, like, black slender like two foot long thing that just came up weird and i was like what is that and before we even got it over the railing of the pier three dudes come running down from the end of the pier and they're like we'll take it we'll take it we'll take it we'll take it they have rags in their hands they're like don't touch it without a rag so they touch it with a rag they take it off the the hook gone never saw it again they've got mean like yeah it's just it was gone it's crazy yeah it was snatched Wait, okay, so little now do I'm we know it probably what's sold special in, about ribbon fish. It probably sold on the black market for like ten grand and we never knew about it. Well, there's like <laughs> so so what you whenever you go fishing on a pier, there's um there's all kinds of people down there that are fishing and just trying to keep everything. There's a all right. a fish you keep that you catch a lot on piers. I don't know if this is like the technical term for it. Okay. But I grew up around my dad and we This is about to get racy. Right, no. It? <laughs> no, it's called a hardtail. A hardtail? A hardtail. All right. And genius. It has a hardtail? There you go. Nice. Oh, <laughs> who would have guessed? What? So these fish are nasty. There's nothing good about them. They're good bait fish. That's, that's it? That's it. So they're small. Yeah, they're small. Probably the size of your hand, maybe a little bigger. Um, but there, I remember one time when we were fishing and my dad was like, we were catching. I was like, dad, are these good to eat? I was young. And he was like, not a chance. He gets done saying that. Here comes an old guy, like, I would say running. But, but he was more hobbling was down yeah. the pier and was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Kind of similar to the ribbon thing. This dude has a cooler full of hardtails. And I was like, oh, are you going fishing later? Like, like are you, are you yeah. keeping all this for bait? Dinner. Dinner. And they were nasty, man. They're so, not good. I bet they tasted good, though. I, I bet, bet they he, don't. I bet he filleted them up, dropped in a fryer, put some, you know, Old Bay seasoning on there. Yeah, maybe. 
and then hey, just went to town on them. You slap enough Crisco on that, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Battle so, those boys up. So my my trophy would have to be Charleston, South Carolina, uh, six and a half foot sailfish. Oh wow! Oh, it was, Does it have a sail on it? It sure did. All right. It was a blast. I think I was 15 whenever I caught it. 15 or 16. Um, these things, these things are beasts. So we get we get hooked up, and I reel it in, and I was reeling it in, and I was kind of disappointed because it never broke the water or anything like that. So the nice thing about fishing in the ocean is you really never know what you've got. You can kind of, if you fish enough, you can kind of tell by the way it fights. Um, for instance, uh, you usually know if it's a catfish, uh, saltwater catfish, because the way they shake their heads. The interesting thing about that, though, is you can confuse the two. You can confuse catfish and shark because sharks fight a lot like catfish do. They shake their heads a bunch. They do all that, trying to tear themselves away from the line. Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, where's the confusion here? Yeah. So, so you <laughs> Not can, when you get them out of the water. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I'm reeling it in, and there wasn't much of a fight. And I was like, well, this is going to be a disappointing um, endeavor. Until it gets up to the boat. And, and for those of you guys who haven't gone deep sea fishing... One of the things you hear your captain or your first mate yell a lot is whenever you get the fish close enough up where you can start seeing it, they'll yell, color, color, color. Okay. Because you can see color on the fish, so you can kind of tell what you've got. As immediately, okay. whenever we saw color and the captain's hollering from the front of the boat, color, color, color. Are you referring to Mike as a captain? No. No, the captain of the boat. Because he is not a captain. He so, is a pirate, if anything. <laughs> So, so we all kind of, you kind of take that opportunity. You're honed in. When you're deep sea fishing, you got big rod and reel. You're, you're putting everything you've got into this because, especially for sailfish, you're trolling. So your boat is constantly moving. So you're, oh. you've got the fish fighting you. The boat is moving. You're reeling it in. There's just a lot going on, and you kind of have to put blinders on and be focused on this fight. So the captain yells color. And we all kind of take a minute whenever he says that to look, because we know what we're out there after. And we yeah. look over, and boom, we see a sailfish. And I immediately got excited and disappointed at the same time, because I was like, you know, I'm in this for a fight. Like, you know, I want it to be difficult, and I just reeled this thing in. As soon as I thought that, I see color, I see the tail of this thing, and all I'm doing is watching the reel unspool and just listening to as the line's going out. All I can do is watch. There is no stopping this thing. It, the drag was set appropriately for the for the fish. Okay. But you're just watching the line unspool until it gets tired see, enough. See, that's that you're how they get you. Back in. That's how they get you. They think, oh, <laughs> this is <laughs> so, gonna be an easy one, and then out of nowhere, he puts it into fifth gear. Yeah. So we finally get. I finally get the fish in. It was cool. We took a picture with it, threw it back. Okay. And out there, they do a really neat thing. I don't know if they do this everywhere. Um, but if you catch a sailfish and you let it go, they, all these boats keep flags on their, um, on their boat that has a sailfish on it. So if you catch a sailfish and you let it go, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on it, but you hang the flag upside down on the outrigger. So as you're coming in, people can see that. Okay. And you hear people radio in, Hey, congrats on the sailfish, stuff like that. It's cool. Oh, that's cool. If you catch it and keep it, you put it right side up. Same deal happens, but it's it's just a neat thing. Any, yeah, that's they do. a neat little yeah, thing. Absolutely. Are they good? Oh yeah. Then why did you keep it? I don't know why we didn't keep it. Should have mounted it. I mean, on the wall. I mean, right. Not I in the ocean. I understand. Yeah, no, that's why one of the reasons deep sea fishing is always 
like kind of a seemed like something I wanted to try because like you said you're just so honed in you got like all these different elements going on and everything I've always kind of looked at it as like the extreme sport oh, yeah. of fishing yeah well we'll actually get into that whenever I talk about what my biggest dream fishing trip is okay it sounds insane I mean it's crazy so Aaron if you had to pick one particular either fish to go after, fish to catch, or fishing trip somewhere, what would it be? Alligator gar. Alligator gar? Wow. Yeah. Hey, you know That's they, a choice. You know yeah. how they used to catch those? So they're so Dwayne alligator Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No? No. Oh, okay. So alligator gar's mouths are just like bone. Mm-hmm. They're so hard. Oh yeah. So back in alligator the, face. Back in the day, they would take a clothesline. And inside the rubber surround of the clothesline right. is a bunch of wires. Yeah. And they're sharp. They would cut it, take the rubber off the outside, and tie that off and put bait on it. And when the gar would hit it and start shaking their head, the wires would come apart and stick in their mouths. And that's how you would catch alligator gar. Sounds very violent. It is violent. I feel like fishing gets a pass on things that hunting does not. It does. Because you can just go out there and just destroy whatever fishes you catch his mouth or throat or stomach, because sometimes they swallow them all the way down. And then you just, like, you know, yank it out. If you can't get the hook out, cut the line, throw them back. Yeah, just leave the yeah, hook in there. I don't you know, know how many times I've hooked them in, like, the eye or the gill yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, you know and why? You're just destroying these fish Logically, throw them back. So, logically speaking, it kind of makes sense, because deer are furry and cute and cuddly and rabbits and squirrels and all this and stuff. And fish are gross looking. And fi- Fish look like monsters. <laughs> yeah. Especially ones like alligator gar. But, like, people don't ever have a problem with fishing. That's like, not true. Well, okay, but it's less common than it's you hear. It's much less common. You hear the hunting is terrible and you should never do it. Let me enjoy this burger while I say this. But then fishing, go ahead. It's a fun pastime. Yeah. But the act of fishing is literally, like, ripping the inside of the fish's mouth open with a hook. And yanking it against its own will into your boat. So I actually have an interesting point about that whenever I test, whenever I discuss like my dream fish. Okay. About the kind of hooks that you have to use now. There's there's rules and regulations and good reasons for them. So Max, go ahead. Okay, so I don't know. I kind of have two in mind. I know I know it's just one, but just like it's a it's hard for me to choose between these two. Is like one deep sea fishing. Because, like I said, it seems like an extreme sport. Also, I'd love to just reel in some big fish. What are you going for, man? Just going for What are you going to go for? Your goal. You know what? I was going to say, I'd love to get just reel in a a swordfish or something. I don't know why. That just seems What about a megalodon? You're not reeling that in. What if you have one of the... Don't they have electronic... Not for that. I don't think I could reel that in... Like, I, I would need, like, a battleship or something just for it to not pull the boat under. Just right. do it or on a chain. Under. Just hook a, ch- a hook oh, to a chain. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just fishing off the anchor of this, like, And then just pull, just drive the boat to shore. Do we think the Megalodon's real? <laughs> I think at one point. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it still is. I mean, yeah, the thing I, is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it still is. Look at, they still find things in the ocean that they didn't think existed. <laughs> yeah, and will forever. And will forever. It's huge. And it goes down. Way really? further than I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe not exactly like a kraken, but like the Colossus octopus. Mm-hmm. They found whales that have like tentacle marks and beak marks on it that are way too big to be even like the biggest yeah. octopus. Right. We you could found. build 
a hundred thousand square foot mansion in the deepest part of the ocean, and it probably wouldn't get found for two hundred years. Probably not, if not more, because it's huge, huge as you could say. Right. And then, like on the other spectrum, a little more relaxing. I've always kind of wanted to go like, like fly fishing for like trout or something. That would be just, so like, much fun. Standing in the stream, just it. It seems so relaxing, but also so rewarding. Yeah, I've. I've never done any kind of fly fishing. It's it looks fly. difficult. It is, and so I've looked it, into yeah, it. Yeah, kind of is. It's constant work. Mm-hmm. It's not like fishing for anything else. You're constantly in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, throwing, throwing. Yeah. Because those flies are the the lures you use are tiny and weigh next to nothing. Like, oh yeah. You're whipping it with the weight of the of the line that you're using. Oh, I took one to the head one time. Nice. Yeah, I was gonna say I my. Uh, so my dad's dad used to have a cabin out on the lake uh, out there in Linville, and uh, he he had a fly rod, and I had seen it on TV, and he was like, all right, you know what? I know a little island you can stand on out on the lake, and I'll teach you how to do it. And I kind of started to get the hang of it, and then I smacked myself in the face yeah. with it. I want to go bow fishing, too. Yeah. Kind of mix the cool. hunting and fishing. Yeah. yeah. Hunt the Asian carp that are taking over the ecosystems. What? That's what they're called. Yeah, you didn't That's know about that? The ones that, like, whenever you see those videos of people, like, motoring their boat through, uh, like, a little channel. And, different. And you see... <laughs> Japanese flying carp? Those are, oh, yeah, those are about the Japanese yeah, flying carp. Oh, or, they I'm kill talking people. about that. Yeah. They kill people. Yeah, because they're, oh, yeah. they're coming out with some heat. Yeah, and if you're if you're motoring and you're moving... and you Yeah, get... my dad lost a couple pairs of reading glasses one time. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> um, so... I kind of alluded to this. My dream fishing trip. Okay. Goliath grouper. Okay. Oh. Which are like, what, 800 pounds? Yeah, they're like, it's like pulling up a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yeah, they're huge. In the Everglades. What? Handline fishing. Oh. What? Yeah. It's the, I'm so confused. It's the that. ultimate man versus beast battle. So, whenever they set their rigs and stuff up, they test the knots and the hook strength. Um, one place that I saw the way they did it was they have a Chevy Silverado, uh, 2,500 Duramax. They put the hook around the trailer hitch uh, or the okay. pole. Yeah. And then they've got their rope. They've got everything strung up. And then they just put the truck in neutral and pull the truck to make sure it all holds. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what you do is you get a big circle hook. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Uh, most places in the United States, as far as I know, whenever you deep sea fish, you have to use a circle hook. The reason is, A, it's really hard for the fish to swallow it because of the way it's shaped. B, it is set up to be able to easily come out of their mouths once they're hooked. Okay. So those are the, so that's the thing. Now, the interesting thing about using a circle hook is we're all used to, quote, setting the hook when you go fishing. Yeah, right. You you reel the line tight. Yes, you jerk the rod and reel back, set the hook. Don't want to do that with a circle hook because you'll pull it right out of their mouth. It won't hook them because, it, I mean, it really is. If you Google circle hook, you can see it really is almost an entire circle. So okay, the idea I is, think I know what you're talking about. The idea is you just start reeling, and as it, I, it, it's got to be something. Look, I'm no engineer, so I don't know the, the thought process behind it, but it works. So you reel, it hooks, and then the, the super important thing about using circle hooks is you cannot let slack in the line ever, ever, ever. Because they'll if you just, do, they'll just spit it out. Huh. 
And whenever mm-hmm. you pull it, it doesn't matter. You could be using a circle hook the size of your hand on a fish the size of a boat, and you just grab the hook and with almost no effort, just pop the hook right out of its mouth. It's awesome. Wow. And it's like set a up, friction thing. Yeah, it's set up so it doesn't it doesn't harm the fish as much as other hooks do. Okay, and they're great. Really they're great. I use them for everything. I use them for deep sea fishing. I use them for catfishing. Um, I'll use small versions of circle hooks for like. Okay, bass, I definitely know bluegill. what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so anyway, the 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 hand fish or the hand line fishing. It's a big rope. It's a big hook. It's a big old chunk of bait. And then you've got a 450, 500, 600 pound Goliath grouper on the other end of that. And they take the bait, you pull it tight, and you're locked in. Wow. The ultimate man versus beast. I want to do it so bad. And everybody. How does something like that cost? I have no idea. Thousands of dollars, right? I I mean, probably what a normal deep sea fishing trip costs. Which is. It depends on who you go with, how long you're out, probably. I mean, it's probably cheaper if you go with more people. Yeah. Because you rent the boat, right? You rent the boat, the captain, the captain, the first mate. What is a first mate? His first assistant? Mate, yeah, pretty much. The first mate, whenever you go deep sea fishing, typically does the um, like rod and reel setup, hooking. Oh, you um, don't have to do anything. You don't do you anything. You just stand there and you hook it and you pull. Yep. Okay. Well, and, unless you're experienced and stuff like that. And then, like, so when my dad and I have gone a lot, most of the time the first mate just gets to fish with us. Oh. Because we've done it enough that we're just like, and enjoy your time. We're all yeah. going to fish. We'll grab the fish. We'll take it off. We'll rebate the hook. We know what we're doing. So it's just kind of like, we're probably, I wouldn't say like a dream customer for, yeah. for deep sea fishing guys, but they get to fish too when we get to go there. It's not constant. Like people are like, I'm not going to touch it. I just want to set the hook and reel it in. Like stuff like that. They're just, we just say, Hey, do your thing. We got this. Uh, not <laughs> only have you done it enough, you've also messed it up enough. That's like, the most important part. Like when Mike, his father capsized a boat in the ocean with your dad on board right yeah were you there wait no wasn't it your dad who did that no he capsized the boat because they took a lake boat into the ocean total mike move so i have (laughs) were you there for that no not that one i wish you were there because i wanted you to tell the story but i guess you weren't there well no so here's the story i do have about that all right panama city florida out in the ocean on a bass tracker. Yeah. <laughs> I hook up on a big stingray. I bet the wingspan of this thing was probably three and a half, four feet. And stingrays typically just sit down at the bottom and you're just, it's kind of like a battle of wills. You think they can suction themselves to the floor? Probably. Hmm. But so I get hooked up and now I don't know how many of you guys know what we're talking about when we say a bass tracker. Bass boat, you've got the elevated platform front and back, and then you've got the uh, platform in the middle that's sunk down into the boat, and that's where you sit. And the boat is meant to be, like, inches above the water. Inches the edge the water. of the boat is inches above uh-huh. the water. Yeah. yeah. Not great when there's, I don't know, waves, so, current. So funny you say that. I get hooked up on this, on this stingray, and we're battling back and forth. It's wanting to sit. I'm trying to pull it up. And finally, I don't know if something else swam by and spooked it, which is crazy when that kind of stuff happens. Terrifying things happen whenever those kinds of, when that stuff happens. Oh, good. But this stingray took off. So now I'm standing on the front elevated platform inches from the water in a bass boat chasing a stingray flying down the beach on the boat. 
We're oh probably 150 yards from the beach, 200 yards from the beach. Just bouncing. Bouncing. And I'm standing, fighting a fish, and we are moving. Oh, this sounds safe. And it was awesome. The, <laughs> it was I, so I, guess, fun. I guess you'd call it the captain of this boat has no regard for the safety of anyone in or around the boat when he's driving. Which I appreciate in this scenario because we got the fish. You may have got it, but hey, he will buzz anywhere. He'll start doing figure eights in the middle. Nobody, not a warning. It's He'll awesome. Take a ninety degree turn at full speed. So here's the thing: it should be noted that he knows what he's doing. He does. He's he, also a maniac. He is maniac, which I appreciate. Yeah, because it's fun. He's willing to go the extra mile, and that's how you get the fish in a lot of situations. So, uh, I would, I just want to do that. Goliath grouper, um, hand line fishing, all of those things. So um, we'll we'll jump into from fishing. We we said this at the top. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of camping before we get into that. Okay. I want to tell the anchor story. Which one? The one. The in anchor. The ocean. You said. The I thought you said anger. No, the anchor story. Okay. We're yeah, this is a great story. In Florida, on my father's boat, Mike okay. is there. And he takes the the idea that, you know, we're where we need to be. Let's put the anchor down. That sounds about how you use an anchor. Yeah, right. You know, you take it out and you throw it and then it anchors as right. it's supposed to. So he grabs the anchor. No other thoughts. Just grabs it. Okay. And all I see is him go. And then you hear as it goes into the water. And, you know, it starts sinking. And we all kind of just look around and then we look at him. And then we look back to where the anchor was thrown in and then look at him. And then he looks at us and he goes, what? And then we look back at where the anchor goes and then okay. he looks and he goes, that wasn't tied on, was it? <laughs> it was not. It was not tied on. He just threw the whole anchor with nothing tied to it right in the water. And it just sunk into oblivion. Never oh, to be seen again. Gosh. I don't know what an anchor costs. Uh, I don't know. Well, but, I'd imagine... Since you're talking, you're talking deep sea. I mean, we weren't deep sea. We were just out in the ocean, which I guess you could consider deep sea. Okay, so you're, but yeah, you're talking like it ocean wasn't. We weren't like fishing. It. it was just a leisurely boat day. Okay, I mean, just tossed it, gone. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. What an I've only costs. ever been been around in like bass boats and stuff. I would say an anchor that's meant for a boat that's going in the ocean has got to be at least four or five hundred dollars. Is that safe to Not say? Necessarily. I mean a thick thick boy. Thick ones, yeah. The big ones are expensive. Yeah. I, can I mean see that, that anchor's gone forever. Never to be seen again. Somebody may have got it. Now they have a free anchor. They do have a free anchor. Yeah, free anchor. But my father has one less anchor. I don't know. Maybe there <laughs> maybe there's some sea creature down there getting swole on it. Oh yeah, Might doing be. some doing some curls. <laughs> doing some curls, doing some presses, you know. All right. All right, so let's talk camping. All right. Let's talk about it. What kind of equipment do you like to use? I mean, what are we talking here? Because I've got everything. Camping equipment. I have everything. My rucksack literally weighs like 95 pounds. Max, what kind of equipment do you like to use whenever you go camping? Oh, uh, well, I love the backpack I have right now. Um, but honestly, I do kind of wish I had more of a setup like you kind of the rucksack setup you guys have. Uh, I mean, my ruck's a little excessive. I mean, yeah, yours is just a little excessive. I'll like, be the first to say it. It's excessive. You were kind of, the last time we went out, 
it was like watching Mary Poppins, just like, what else does he have in there? He's pulling stuff out. Yeah. Because not yeah. only is it a massive backpack, but I also have it organized to fit the maximum amount of items in said backpack. I appreciate that. I think it's that. like 120 liters. Yeah. Maybe more. No, I was going to say, in my, uh, I mean, in my bag, I've got, just for the basics, like, I've got my sleeping bag, camping pillow, uh, hammock. I've got probably about 200 foot of paracord. Okay. Uh, tarp for sheltering. All right. You got a you got a cutting utensil. Well, yeah, I I usually have uh one or two cutting utensils on me. Okay. Um. Then I've got a uh, little camping shovel that I like to okay, a little folder carry around. Yeah, a little folder. All right. If, if does it have the little serrations on the side? It does have the serrations. Oh, on chopping the side. down some trees. Yeah, I could I could if I needed to. All right. Yeah. Is uh, it? I guess well, it wouldn't be chopping, it'd be Well, sawing. yeah, because remember we used it to uh, mess up the beaver dam. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the time I got really wet, and I didn't want to. Uh, yes. Yes, that is. That water was rather cold that day. Oh, it was very cold. It was March. Um, aside from that, of course, uh, you know, some extra socks. Extra you clothing. always need extra socks. Yeah. Thick ones, like the boot socks. At least one extra set of clothing, uh, just in case a you falling into the stream situation happens. Yeah. Uh, I've got lighter, a uh, little fire starter, spark mm-hmm. stick. Uh, a little ferro rod. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually put it to use while camping. I mean, but I've tried I do, mine out. I do have a I that the rod or uh, my slingshot. I mean, we had fun with the slingshot. Yeah, we did have some fun. We didn't it, shoot anything of importance, but no, it was it, enjoyable. It was fun just to play around with. Uh, I still don't believe it would kill anything. Like I know I'm probably wrong, but based on what it's shooting, the little balls—what are they? Porcelain or something? Glass. Aren't uh, they? they are glass. Yeah. But for being glass, I don't know what kind of glass this They don't is. break. I have not been able to break one of those. And I fired that thing. The last time like I marble. fired it. It's like a marble. I shot you it at a possum. they're using marble for that? No, I'm saying it's like a marble. Oh. It's probably just solid. I would assume. And, I mean, they're manufactured, so it's not going to be 100% natural material. No, and it's in a circle, and it's solid. Yeah. So mm. it's going to be harder to break that. I mean, I... One of the last times I shot one of those off, I shot it at a possum on my, you, you know, I've got that concrete patio out back. Possum had traveled onto there, and I needed to uh, go out that fence there. And have and to vacate the fence. So I opened the door, pulled that bad boy back as far as I could, let it rip. Did you it hit the possum? smacked off that concrete, smacked off my fence, hit my house, and then I saw it <laughs> land in the grass. <laughs> didn't, didn't do a thing. To the actual glass bead. And nothing to the possum. It scared the possum. It, it went right under his chin, and he darted mm, off. So, a warning shot. Yeah. So, okay. So, so what are your guys' ideal, like, I don't want to say camping conditions, um, hammock, tent, things like that. Hammock. Hammock. It's easier to put up. It is easier to put up. And you're elevated. Right. 
Yeah, I do like the elevation and the setup and teardown. It's just and you can put it anywhere. There. So, so for the listeners, I kind of did a thing. He did do a thing. I went out. Oh. I went out and I bought I don't know sixty bucks worth of PVC pipe. And I don't think I think you're teetering the line of camping, not camping. The argument that people make. Between uh, camping and glamping? Yeah, whether you're camping or glamping. I think you're teetering that line. I am. And I actually, I, I think you're over it. I don't think I'm over it. I think the hammock is, is definitely camping. Hammock is definitely camping. When yeah. you're backing up an F-250 to the quote-unquote campsite, and you have a shelter built on the back of your F-250, I don't know if you're really camping anymore. I think you're still camping. I don't okay. know. So everyone has a different okay. description. Well, all right. Question then. Let's say that this structure was not built into the bed of his F-250. Say he bought all this PVC pipe and some extra PVC pipe and built himself a, a little tent. hut. It's just a tent. It's just elevated Mounted higher. Mounted to a it's... vehicle. It's Okay, so do you consider a little pop-up camping? Like a pop-up trailer? Yeah. Yes. Well, some people don't. That's fine. And I think your situation is the same with less steps. Okay, but I don't think he doesn't have access. Well, less money. A lot less. A lot less money. Yeah, but can't in like a pop-up camper, can't you still, you know, be plugging in like a, some type of air unit? Or yes, like yeah, they're heated and cooled by propane okay. and stuff. You think he couldn't open the sliding glass window on the back of his truck and plug into the outlets in there? First of all, I take, I take like charging. Yeah, we take... Portable chargers. Yeah, same. But I'm saying too, like he can't. It's not like he's got a window AC unit in in I mean, there. He he's still. Oh, but I wish I did. Let, like <laughs> uh, not the last time we went. No, it was when we all I'm, went. I'm, I'm trying to be on your side here, Steve. You're making it hard. <laughs> Listen, tom- I would go tomorrow and buy a Sprinter van converted. Oh, like a Mercedes Sprinter van. Yes, I get it. Now. That you're getting further away from camping, but you're getting more a efficiency. Everything's already set up. Yeah, okay. I mean, I just like when I go camping. I like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Okay, so let me ask you, and this. no one can come and find me. Which I also promised I would stop saying, but I have to say it for this. What did you say? Let me ask you this. Oh yeah, big. That's a big phrase for me. So, you say that you want to feel like you're out in the middle of nowhere. I want to feel like, I don't know, I have the itch of like, so, the we're back in the olden days. Sure, I'm, I'm not arguing that, but we've gone and we've camped in a tent. It's no different than camping in a tent that you have to go set up. And I'm not saying put that it's that in. different. It's just, I'm just more comfortable. I'm just saying that when I go okay. camping, I want to be able to just walk. I want to walk. I want to have all my items on me, and I want to go going as if the world didn't exist. We're just living. Which I still can do with my hammock and all of those things. But when we go camping in the place that we go camping, which is also the place we're going to hunt. It's convenient for the truck. I'm not saying it's not. It's wildly convenient. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's teetering the line. It can teeter it. That's fine. Okay, but I'm I'm not going to do it whenever we go deer hunting. That would be terrible. Yeah, that would be a yeah, terrible it'd idea. Be so cold, so cold. But like you know, say we got like a bus or something, or like uh-huh. a you know, set up like some bunks in like there. Like a survival van. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't be down for us to like. Yeah, invest. it'd be awesome. 
and like like part bus or something and then turned it into like speaking bunks. of oh yeah i forgot to tell you about that max but that's, party that's a little off topic and he wants to have us all go three-way in on that and the the, the one just down the road Oh yeah. yeah, it's for sale. Yeah. It's blacked out. It, it's, it's been for sale, been for sale. forever. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. Which means they're willing to negotiate. They're and then open. turn it into our camper van. No, turn it into the mobile well, command center. It, it could be both. It could be both. It, it, it will could be, be both. our mobile camper, and it could be command center. It's already blacked out. Yeah, put some camo on there. <laughs> okay, so Aaron, you said something about this earlier. What? With your hoity-toity, uh, highfalutin, I'm better than everybody else, by the way, I camp. Making okay. Making fun of me. I'm not making funny. I'm just saying it's not the same. It's... And it's not as it's fun. The same as, it's the same as camping in a tent. It's the not as fun. The difference is the tent is just higher. It's not as fun. Okay. cheaper. I feel... Because I'm, I'm in my hammock, and when we want to talk while we're at night, because, you know, it gets to like 8 o'clock, it gets dark, we get in our, our living situations, and then we talk and we hang out and we send memes to each other. But you're so high up, and I'm in my hammock, and I, I have to, like, look at the bed of your truck and, like, yell over it. All I have to do, I understand that you want to make a point, but I, now, I'm fired up. All I have to do, had to do it. is put the tailgate down. I can. And then we just I still can't see you. Put your hammock higher. Then I have to, I have to get a ladder. What? Take a truck. And in the area where I'm hammocking. With how tall you are, you okay, have to get a ladder. listen. With the area where I'm hammocking is okay. in a ditch. The trees run through the ditch. He can't park in the ditch. He parks on an elevated ground already. Then his massive truck is, I don't know, the bed's what? Three feet off the ground? Two and a half? Uh, oh, it's more than that. Yeah, it's more three than feet? that. It's more than three feet. Off the ground. Yeah, because it's about to my waist and my legs are about three and a half feet. Okay, so three and a half feet off the ground. Plus, I'm in a foot and a half, two foot down ditch so i'm two feet off the ground okay. he's in if you counted from where i'm at seven feet off the ground and i can't see him sounds like a you problem and i'm <laughs> set up in like eight minutes and then when i'm done i have to go help him set his up because not has, last time yeah because i had to help you tuck it behind the bed and all that stuff while you were pulling it from the front so it wouldn't get yanked off of your structure Still, still pretty cool. I mean, I'm not saying it's not cool. I'll put. I wish you would have picked a different color tarp. I'll post a picture. Okay. I'll post a picture on our Instagram page, and we'll let you after guys we help you set it up. Decide. No. We... <laughs> <laughs> Max I'm went sorry. from Max went from trying to be on my side to go screw yourself, Steve, in the blink of an eye. God, it was funny though. In the blink of an eye. I am an agent in my hammock. <laughs> my hammock would be set up in the blink of an eye, unlike your stupid bed tent. That's actually a pretty cool name. I like it's that. not stupid. It's still not stupid. I like bed tent though. I I know I just tent. did that, but I'm not saying it's still stupid. in. I help trying to help engineer that, and then actually the finished product. It was a great day. Yeah, I think we should make some modifications. Two stories. Okay, so go big or go home. Or you could build it over the, the top of the actual truck so you could have an upper living area and then a lower living area. You could. So what was what's so funny, the first time that I used this yeah. when, when we went camping, 
Um, I parked way too far away from Aaron. Yeah, we were like Sweet. half a football field away from Yeah, we couldn't really communicate. So it was in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, so I was kind of like tucked away at the end oh, of the night. Yeah. Like watching watching uh, Montreal. Surprisingly and good reception up there. Surprisingly good. Yeah. So, so at this particular time, in our neck of the woods, which is southern Indiana, there was a bear sighting like all the time. Was it a black bear? Yes. Yeah. And it was the same bear, I'm convinced. It was, yeah, same bear. So, southern Indiana, black bear roaming. You're catching it on, um, like, trail cams. You're catching it on, like, people's security cameras on their TV or on their houses. Okay, like I remember that. this. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the news. So, so, so Aaron and I go <laughs> camping. And we go with the intention of, you know, we're going to hunt some coyotes. We're going to hunt beaver. We're going to do all this stuff. So we get all of our stuff and 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 we hear a bunch of coyotes. So we jump out of I jump out of my truck. Aaron jumps out of his hammock. We're loaded up. Nothing ended up coming of it. So then we we go back to um, our respective camping setups, regardless of your opinion of them. And I'm kicked back watching um, watching the game and Aaron. Go ahead from here because uh, only, only you can tell this story and, and do it justice. So so I'm in my hammock. I would say a, a reasonable 40 yards away from your, your truck. Yeah, I would agree. He's in a field. I'm in the edge of the trees because I'm in a hammock. And, you know, you can't really set up a hammock in a field. It doesn't work. Right. I mean, you could. You could. Dumb, though. Bring right. your own poles. Right. That's a wild move. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm in the tree line. I'm watching YouTube. I can faintly hear people cheering for the Stanley Cup from his truck. Very faintly. And then I can hear him, you know, grunting and whatever else he does while he watches hockey. Because I'm losing money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. losing money. And placing live bets, I bet. Probably. I'll neither confirm Either way. I can So I'm watching YouTube, <laughs> and I hear faintly to the east, I hear, oh. I was like, so I, so you know, when you hear something and you're watching something, you're like, you have to pause. So I pause. I sit there in the silence. It's pitch black. Yeah. No moon, because the moon doesn't exist. The moon doesn't exist out there. No, sure. So doesn't. I'm laying in my hammock, and comfortable temperature, mind you, great temperature, like 60. Ooh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. So I'm laying in my hammock, just waiting to hear it again. So I was like, I, it didn't. You couldn't distinguish what it sounded like really at first. Yeah. Over the phone. So I put my phone down. I'm sitting there. Maybe a minute goes by and I just hear probably, I don't know, 300 yards away. Because sound travels out there way further than anywhere else. Okay. And I just hear another. And I was like, uh, so I yell, did you hear that? And no response. So, so then I text him and I said, you heard that, right? And then before he messages me back, I hear it again. And I go, please tell me that you fuck, you heard that. And he goes, yeah, what was that? And I go, it was a bear. And he goes, no, it wasn't. I was like, I, yes, it I was. Yeah, I wasn't convinced. I wasn't convinced until, and I'll take over from here because I wasn't convinced that it was a bear until the next day. 
Okay. Which is I, a terrifying time to become convinced. I told you that it was it, a bear and you he, didn't believe me. I did not believe him. Yeah, so, considering you slept out there all night. Yeah, I was, is a terrible I was time to 100% find convinced it was a bear. It's like nothing else out here makes a sound like that. And we had talked about the bear on the way up there. Yeah, Literally. so here's Because it was, what, 30 miles away the day before? Which is a reasonable amount of travel for a bear in two, two days? That's what I was going to say. Is, is I wasn't convinced until the next day. We pack all of our stuff up. We eat breakfast, yada, yada, jump in the truck, and we're heading down the road. I said, Aaron brings it up. <laughs> he is, I mean, shout out to him because he's so convinced. He was like, this was a bear. I was not taking and, no for an And answer. I'm still arguing against it because I just. He doesn't like to believe me. Let's start. No, there. it's not that. It's that, it's that, it's that they're not around here. We know there was a sighting, but it's like, yeah. it's like that law of averages, right? Like you, you go. Okay, was it really? So then I was like, okay, where was it sighted so many days ago? Okay. The last reported sighting, where was it? And how long ago was that? And he looked it up, and he saw it. I was like, okay, that seems like a long way. He goes, well, let's find out. So he Googles how, how far can a black bear travel in a day. Dead on. Yeah. Dead on? Dead on. Dead on. So then I was like, okay, now I'm starting to... Now I'm starting to consider this as a possibility. And so we're not even to the main road yet. We're still on back roads in the middle of nowhere. And I said, Aaron, I'm going to need you to do something for me. Go on your phone, go to YouTube and type in, what does a black bear sound like? And he played it and we almost stopped the truck. Dead on. <laughs> because, you know, I, I think it's because, so that night, not convinced at all. I slept great. Yeah. I mean, I also didn't. I was 100% convinced. But the next day to realize that, holy cow, were you wrong? <laughs> and that was a bear? Yeah. That'll I mean, uh, that'll stress you out. We can't say for sure. We can't say but for sure. But the evidence willing, was there. I'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar on it. Well, and, and the other thing was, is, is what sparked the interest in all of this stuff was there, was, uh, there were coyotes just squealing out there. And then all of a sudden, silence, silence, nothing. And then, yeah, not, not That's enjoyable. terrifying. Yeah. I, had, I had multiple firearms in my hammock. Yeah. And I had multiple firearms in my bed tent. Are you coining that? No, I'm not going to coin it. Isn't you should say, whoa, what exclusive? No, I, I think it's an Aaron okay. from whoa, what exclusive. I'm just saying though, not surprised you slept well because you didn't believe it. Right. So you're good. 100% not surprised you slept well either, though, Aaron, because we have been like <laughs> middle of the night. Like Steve has what we believe was a coyote sniffing his butt. Sniffing my butt. And in he's a going, hammock. guess somebody, what? That doesn't happen. Somebody get over here. Somebody. And you just nothing. You didn't wake up till like three hours later in the middle of the night. And I was like, what's happening? Then what? The other time. <laughs> We were in the tent. We were in the tent. The large tent. And something was definitely messing around the tent. Again, where my head was. I don't know what it is about me. You have an odor. Is it an odor? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they, they saw you earlier that day and they're like, ooh, that's a juicy boy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good eating. <laughs> but yeah, we get up and you're gung ho because we had just gotten done beaver hunting, yet we hadn't found anything. And then we're like, Aaron, wake up. Like, there's something out here. And you're just like, 
Uh, whatever. Wake me if something real happens. And then, like, <laughs> you go back to sleep. And even trying and to wake you up. something real happens. Yeah. You didn't see anything, though. You can't I shoot what you can't see. You didn't need to see it. I didn't want you to shoot it. I just wanted it to get away from me. Because I could feel it. Listen, for those of you guys listening, imagine you're laying in a hammock. Minding your own business, I might add. Yeah. And you just hear... And I don't know if this is going to translate. I won't even try it because I don't know if it's going to translate on the mics. But you hear the uh, sound. Everybody knows what a dog sniffing sounds like. Yeah. And you hear that. And everybody knows what it feels like to have a dog's nose bump you. Yeah. And you feel that on your backside. Where, I might add, ham hocks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I probably looked like a decent dinner. Probably. And it's just bumping me, bumping me, bumping me. And I'm trying to get Aaron's attention because he's the one who's gung-ho. Nothing. He's dead to the world, so I have to get Max. When I fall asleep, I'm out. Well, if you why could, I'm not you, surprised. You could have probably shot that coyote next to your hammock, and no I chance. still wouldn't have woken up. No chance. No, yeah, and I'm jumping out of my hammock, like, just in my socks. And the ground was 100% wet and cold. Well, the thing is, it was also freezing cold. It was so cold. That it wasn't night. supposed to be that cold. Yeah, it, was, it, was it wasn't that like bad when 45. we went to sleep. No. We, when we first went to sleep, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. But when I woke up, I thought I was going to look down and have, like, frostbitten, like, Mr. Deed's foot. Yeah. Right. I woke up three times that night, and each night I added more items. So... I went to bed in a shirt. I was ready to sleep. I had a thermal on and pants, long socks. I was ready. In bed, wake up at one, freezing. I get out of my hammock as much as I didn't want to. Get a, a hoodie on, put an extra pair of socks on, get back into my sleeping bag, go back to sleep. Thirty minutes later, I wake up and I feel like I'm going to die. So I get out of my hammock. I pull a blanket out of my bag, wrap. My hand, my my sleeping bag in the blanket and slide back into the sleeping bag. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Thirty minutes later, I wake up again, even colder than I was before. I went through my whole bag in the middle of the night, pulled out an emergency blanket, <laughs> opened it up, and wrapped myself in it, and still was freezing cold. I think it would have been better if I would have put the emergency blanket in my sleeping bag, but I was Probably. so cold and I just wanted to get back into the sleeping bag that I was like, "Screw it, it'll be around me. Good enough." Okay, I get it. I was it. freezing. And then waking up in the morning, once we got up and we were moving, it wasn't that bad. No. But getting out of the sleeping bag that morning. Oh, that was the worst. God, it was like torture. The first like 15 minutes after you got out of your hammock was, was just And then an awful. hour after we got up, it was like 70. Right. Like, we should yeah, have just like, what, by the time we were in the car, like, and we stopped It was down hot. The road. I was sweating. Yeah. So we've covered camping just now. Right. We've talked hunting. We've talked fishing. We're going to throw it back to the first episode, and we're going to talk a little bit more th about Winona. And I know I kind of just silently corrected myself. We got an email. <laughs> yeah, we explaining did. Explaining to me that it's not Winona, it's Winona. And why is that? Because they're winners, not whiners. That's right. So, yeah. Winona, Minnesota, that's on me. I'm pretty sure I said Winona more than anybody probably ever has. Probably. Uh, maybe, yeah. So before we jump into this, and I, before I throw it over to Max to tell us all about uh, outdoor activities at Winona, Minnesota, in Winona, Minnesota, 
I do want to do another really quick thank you to visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram. We talked about rock and ice climbing last week, and we want to tell you guys about Sugarloaf Bluff, a city landmark that rises 500 feet above the Mississippi River Valley to provide an unmatched view for any willing to mount the summit. Head over to visitwinona.com to learn more. Um, so, Max, tell us everything we need to know about outdoor activities in Winona, Minnesota. Okay, well, uh, first off, we'll just start off, uh, give you something while I was researching this, because, you know, when when I was going through, found so much just about the different scenery, how many parks they had, lakes, and it just seemed like there was a crazy amount of these beautiful areas around there, and I actually found out that there's a solid reason why that is. Uh, this... This little area there is actually known as part of what is called the driftless region. Okay. It's kind of how I sleep. Driftlessly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? So I did a little research on that. And apparently, um, the small little stretch of the Mississippi River down there, this landscape was Wait. made possible. The Mississippi River goes is all the way over there? Yeah. Yeah. I would have never known that. Well, here you go. Strap <laughs> Thank in. You. Thank Strap you. in. We have a couple more call-outs to the Mississippi. Uh, this was actually made possible uh, 10,000 or so years ago. Okay. Uh, back okay. when glaciers were moving across North America, you know, shaped the country we have today. A okay. glacier split itself in half, went around this region, and then reformed in Iowa, leaving this area just completely untouched. Because it didn't have the strength to take down Winona. That, oh, no. That's honestly how I feel about it. I mean, scientists are still debating what happened and why this occurred, but why? that's the only thing I could think of. That's, that's why insane. even debate? <laughs> we know. We know the reason. Yeah. Call up the scientists. Winona took down that glacier. Yeah. Took it down, scared it away. Said, scared it. Move on to Iowa. We're not taking that here. David right. and Goliath. The <laughs> Goliath was the glacier. And it got taken down with a slingshot. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, a few things we have here. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, we have the Mississippi River and a bunch of beautiful lakes. Uh, so there's a lot of fishing around there. Awesome. Uh, you can actually fish. There's a fair amount of fishing around the river uh, in their dam areas there. Uh, you can do it both by boat, and there's also uh, a public fishing pier that was actually added to the dam by the Army Corps of Engineers. Okay. There's just a nice little pier that you can go out, do your fishing right off that pier. And uh, I want to throw this in there. Yeah. Back from last episode. They okay. do have jet ski rentals. They do. That we was found They do. They do. That was confirmed. Yes. Of course uh, they do. I mean, well, why wouldn't you without? If they didn't, they would have after last episode because yeah. we definitely called out jet ski rentals. Oh, yeah. With all these aquatic events, you know. I mean, you got to have them. Uh, there's also a commercial fishing float. Flo uh, floats. Let me get, a, get to it here. Uh, around Dam 4 and 5A uh, for a fall, small little fee. Uh, you can fish right over the deep wa deepest water parts of the dam. Uh, they also offer refreshments, bait and tackle, if you didn't have to bring, happen to bring anything with you. 
just a couple of lakes around there. Uh, you got Mud Lake with a lot of shore fishing, and uh, well, there's a lot of mud. So, <laughs> uh, Sam Gordy Slough and Swift Creek offer both boat and ice fishing. Heck yes. Yeah, I want. I want to go ice. Fishing. I don't know why I didn't assume that I would find ice fishing here, considering I talk, I casually threw ice climbing right. at you guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I didn't think those like it wasn't a big deal. Be there. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It is. You're <laughs> it is. doing Mount Everest activities in the United States. It's a big deal. Big deal for us, not for Winona. Right. I mean, I guess not, but. Uh. Also, they've got a few lakes in town. I know I mentioned uh, Levy Park last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have a some nice shore fishing there. Uh, and Bartlett, Bartlett Park uh, offers, again, shore, boat, and ice fishing. I mean. How do they have room for anything else? They have so many parks. It really seems like you could you could throw a rock in any direction and you'll hit a park. Let me ask you guys this. Okay. They've got like 27,000 people that live in Winona. Yeah. How many people of those go to the school? Well, no, that's not what I was going to ask. What I was going to ask is, do you think you have to fill out an application to live at somewhere like this? Do you think they can have that many parks because they, you got you to gotta turn your resume in, and you got to fit in and want in Winona, and you gotta, you got you to gotta live Winona true? I wonder if you have a oh, volunteer yeah. to upkeep the parks. I would think so. I, I would think, think if you, you lived to. somewhere like that, you'd, you'd have enough pride that you'd just it'd be a volunteer. Well, and especially in Winona. Yeah. Because you're proud. Salt of the earth kind of people. We covered that last episode. Yeah. They got salt of the earth. They have to have some flooding there. All these lakes, rivers. Lakes, you don't have to worry about nearly as much as rivers. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they also have, uh, because I mentioned, uh, you know, trout fishing earlier and everything. Uh, they actually have alone in this area thirty-eight trout streams. Holy around the area, so many when, streams. When they have so much Nona. water going on. They're, they have so much going on. Yeah, but a lot of it's water. I'm really wondering how much land to water. What the land to water ratio is here? Sixty forty. That would be. That would be. I'm saying sixty forty. Sixty water, forty land. Yeah, because it seems like it's a lot of water in parks. And parks. I want to see their. Land. I want to see their parks park to, ur, like urban area ratio. Because I'm thinking it's like ninety ten. Ninety ten. Yeah, ninety percent parks and outdoor activities and ten percent urban environment. Which I'm not mad about. There's a lot of outdoor stuff to do. Yeah. No. Can, Don't got to worry about all that frou stuff. No. I want to get some dirt on my hands, climb some trees, and hang on my hammock. I want to get some dirt on my hands. Be a man. Yeah, be a man. <laughs> get out my hatchet. You guys are morons. I want to be like Johnny. I want to be like Johnny Appleseed. You, hey, you didn't bring us here because we're the most intelligent. All right, <laughs> we're just entertaining. I need more. I need more Winona. You more need? Uh, what about a little camping? Makes sense. Yeah. Do you guys want to go camping in Winona? So bad. Oh, I would love to. Uh, if you guys are listening. Yeah. Uh, well, what three at gmail.com. Let's set this up. We don't. I'll have even to... bring my truck bed tent. You're going to drive all the way there. I'll drive there. I guess it would really be difficult for me to pack my rucks- rucksack into a plane. Yeah. 
Uh, probably just. There's a lot of lot of uh, non-flying items that are in there. <laughs> just a few. Probably the three hatchets and machetes and other items I have in there. Probably not ideal on a plane. So what we got? Yeah, are you no. talking like campgrounds, like wilderness camp stuff like that? Well, they got a little bit of both. They got. Um, they really offer it all. I mean, we already know this, but they really offer it all. Uh, most of it is just campgrounds, state parks, and stuff like that. Um, in fact, one of one of the state parks, Great River Bluff, uh, apparently has a great camping ground area, plenty of trails to hike along, uh, several bluffs that you can take some beautiful scenery in, and apparently birding is very popular in the area. What? Like bird sighting? Birding? Yes, yeah. like bird sighting. Like okay. not, there's I've never heard to it referred to as birding, but I guess haven't? it makes sense. Okay. There's uh, apparently a large amount of migratory birds that actually come through that area, as okay. well as a heavy population of bald eagles. Bald eagles, you say? Yeah. The I nation's bird. The nation's bird, because why wouldn't it be in Winona? You almost right. did it. I almost did it. Yeah, you almost had a Dunder Mifflin Sabre Sabre situation. Yeah, Sabre Sabre. That's two episodes in a row with an Office reference. I mean, The Office is, I mean, if I not the best, one of the best shows to ever make it on the air. I don't hate it. So we need to camp in Winona. Yeah. Tonight. Tonight? Yeah. Uh, what is we it, look at hours we'll there? Right no, now? We looked it up. It nine was hours. Like nine. We can get there tonight. It's only two o'clock. Three o'clock. <laughs> we, I, you got to set up in the dark. Okay. And then we got to come back tomorrow. Well, we need to set your it up on a long tent week. is just so convenient. It you should be able to set it up in the dark. <laughs> yeah, I can. We just need to work out a long weekend. Hit us up. We're going to work that out somehow. Hit us up. Someone if from we Winona. If we hunting, I would say Thanksgiving weekend, but we're going to be we busy. We will be busy. Hook us up, Winona. Not not necessarily the city of Winona. People in Winona. No, the mayor of Winona. I want an email, and I want you to invite us, and I want you to come camping with we, us. We've taken you into our hearts. Take us into yours. Well, what three at gmail.com to the mayor of Winona. To so the mayor. I want him to come <laughs> camping with us and tell us everything he knows. Okay. About everything. Yeah, we'll start with a city tour, then uh, best park recommendation. You know, we'll just go through it. I want the hidden America. places. The hidden places? Yeah, I want access to whatever underground tunnel they've got the going on known. over there. Yeah. The yeah. unknown areas. Well, I mean, that's the thing. From what I could tell, like, they just offer so much stuff, but it is very, like, not well known to a lot of people. Oh, it will be. It's America's like, it, best it's, kept it's their own. Yeah, it's their own little treasure that they're just, like, not necessarily trying to keep hidden, but have somehow managed to. But they're not mad about it because you, uh, you don't want the riffraff in there. Do we think they're going to be mad at us? For spreading the, the word? So let's just say. What if they have an hey, influx hey, of people? Because of this podcast? It's yeah. on their website. It is. They wouldn't want people to know if it wasn't on their website. That's true. That is true. So it's not our fault. Hey, if we listen, if, if, if we're a year into this thing and we've got a decent following, followers subscribers and listeners work together maybe don't all show up at once <laughs> okay we'll work it out because we'll by then we'll be best friends with the mayor we'll have gone camping with we'll him we'll have gone camping with him fishing maybe even hunting probably because he can grant us a hunting license and then we'll work out maybe like a live from Winona and we'll do something like that and we'll have you guys show uh, up we'll yeah. sell tickets mayor can do that right well we gotta sweet listen we gotta talk it up we gotta talk about it with the mayor but he could get but us again, a hunting license right mayor of Winona emails hunting license I want to go camping. Maybe even some ice fishing. Yeah. 
We would need a license for that, though, in that state. So you're going to have to get on that, Mr. Mayor. All right. Uh, well, what about what about canoeing and kayaking? Would you like to do some watercrafting? I mean, I would, but I don't have a kayak. Well, I assume I can rent one. At Prairie Island Park, you sure can. You know who I bet has kayaks? Who has kayaks? The mayor of Winona. I'm sure he does. And he wouldn't mind if we borrowed them with I, his, with, with him with us. I mean, I know he's a busy man running this great city and all, but I'm sure he has plenty of time to just take off and do his canoeing and kayaking. Yeah. Mayor Scott Sherman. <laughs> Mr. Sherman. <laughs> Mr. Sherman. Mr. Mayor. We want to camp with you. Security can come. We hey, Look, we ain't threatened. We'll be We're security. We want to camp with you, Mayor. We can secure him. Well, what three at Gmail? <laughs> we want it. We want to come. Want to hang out there? I think it'd be great. Like you said, we long do some weekend, hiking. Do a little hiking. Mm-hmm. A little watercrafting. A little fishing. Mm-hmm. A little I bet hunting. they have big, big game animals up there too. Well, I mean, yeah, out there, yeah, one hundred percent. I could be down with that. I'm sure you could. I think we should get on this. I or think, the mayor should get on it, I guess, I should say. Well, I, I feel like we ha- kind of have to go 50-50 on this I mean, yeah. We got to do a little work. He's got to do a little work. And then we'll, we get we'll this bring ball rolling. Items. Yeah. Whatever he needs. Whatever he wants. Well, I mean, yeah. He'll provide He'll provide the uh, the venue. And we'll take, care, we'll take care of the rest. And the entertainment. We'll take care of that. The bring entertainment play, as well? Bring a camping playlist. Ooh. Yeah. I Maybe hit it up in sad boy playlist. season. Bring some sad boy music. Ooh, sad boy season is the best. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd almost have to go during that season if we want to get ice fishing in. Yeah, and big game hunting. Yeah. So it all works out. It's going to be real cold, though. Man, this is just lining up great. Other than the fact it's going to be real cold. Yeah. We're going to need to stock up on some cold ice. You think it will be too, too cold for disc golf? Yes. Really? Yes. 100%. That's unfortunate. The chains will be frozen. Okay. I mean, it may alter the game. I guess we could play. Ground will be slippery. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I need. We know I'm not making distance on air. We know I'm making distance once it hits the ground. So you get the bounce. You've, pl- you've played enough. Get with the me. bounce and the roll. Yeah, it'll roll. It won't have any friction. It'll just slide. Exactly. Might work out for you. Is, hell, if ground's frozen enough. I'll just skip that thing along like a, get a hole in rock one. on the pond. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I can understand it. Oh, man. I want to go hunting there. Well, we had, see, that's the thing. We need to experience, we, you know what? I think we should go uh, once every quarter, experience all four seasons. Okay. Yeah. Every, uh, yeah, every quarter. I could be done with that. Maybe okay. not, I assume it's not that hot there in the summer. I mean, I can't imagine it'd be that bad. Hilly terrain, north. Yeah, can't you got your bad. valleys. Can't be that. You bad. know, wind blowing I just through don't the like valleys. Heat. I'm not a big heat guy either. No, I sweat. Yeah, really easily. Yeah, I th- I think we'd be far enough north; it wouldn't be too terrible. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, you'd still have to time it right. True. All right, Mr. Mayor, we're coming. We want an email, but we'll be there anyway. We're showing up soon. What do we think? Next six months, take a trip. Next six months? Sometime in the next six months, we'll be there. So I'll have a three-month-old. Okay, maybe we won't be there. Yeah. 
Didn't think about that. Unless, you know, we'll just go ahead. Make it a whole family vacation. Doesn't sound as fun. <laughs> sounds What? You don't want to bring your wife? Sounds significantly less fun with all your guys' kids there. Sorry. Not sorry. Outdoor activities How? with small children? Not fun. How? I, I get my kids. Like, you're not related to my kids, but how dare you say that about your relatives? They're children. Yeah? Children. I was treated way worse as a child. Way worse? Yeah. Board games? Not allowed, because you'll ruin it. <laughs> Outdoor activities? But children is fun for, like, an hour. And then they get bored. And then the whole point of being outside is it's a serene experience and you get to relax. Okay. I and children ruin that. I will give you that to an extent. I wasn't there, but my parents took um, my almost four-year-old uh, out to have a little campfire, you know, roast some mm-hmm. weenies and some marshmallows. And it was probably fun until the campfire ended. It The campfire ended early because she was like, okay, this has been fun, but I want to go now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but we're having such a good time. Nah. Once, once those marshmallows are gone, not interested anymore. Oh, no. She still came home with like half a bag of marshmallows. Mm. I've just got marshmallows chilling in my Kids house. Kids just right. don't have the attention span. No. And the, the whole point is that you want to lose attention. You want to just go out there and just kind of not focus on anything. I mean, I think we got to go. We definitely have to go. In the next six months. In no kids. In the next kids. six months. No kids. I mean. You're yeah. going to have to work your way around that, but it's going to happen. All right. Well, no. So here's the thing is, is it's not about the kids or about anything like that. But the whoa, what boys need to go. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to whoa, what this thing up. Yeah. I well, want to go there and I want to see so much stuff. I say, whoa, what? And I, don't know, I don't know why I didn't think about it before. I mean, you know, before you go taking your family somewhere, you want to scout it out. Got to scout it out. Yeah. yeah. We need to camp somewhere. with the mayor. We do. Mayor Scott Sherman. We have until 2024. Well, we have time, but it's going to be in the next Oh, well. okay. He's going to get reelected. Probably. You hear it here first. Reelect Mr. Sherman for mayor. <laughs> I hope he's a good mayor because that's going to be really <laughs> You know what? We had we had Winona on board, and then you just said that. And then, yeah, and they're like, well, we didn't like not him. Yeah, not knowing anything about him. You said that, and they're like, ah, well, see, being, being how great they are, I assume they like him. You would think. You would think so. If not, then what I said, take that back. Re-elect someone else. <laughs> Depending on which side of the aisle you fall on. Yeah. Whoever wants to sponsor us will like that guy. I couldn't find what political party he was in. Like, I was looking to see, um, just to see if it, like, kind of flowed with, like, the rest of the state. Okay. But I couldn't find anything. I saw who he ran against. I tried to see what her political affiliation was or, like, who supported her, things like that, that might give that away. Yeah. I couldn't find anything, so. Probably not a very large publication. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it was the, it was the Winona newspaper. Yeah. And I was looking on that. So, I don't know. The state tends to lean more blue. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. And yeah, just that. run independent. So, if you need that swing vote, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, is there anything else that we have to know? I mean, 
if you like a like a little history of why Sugarloaf Bluff is called Sugarloaf Bluff, yeah. I got to make Sugarloaf. Yeah, you. let's do that to close out. Okay, I was gonna say it's it's not a lot here, but they do. Okay. If uh, if anyone wants to expand on it more, they do through their website have a wonderful uh, page giving a little more in depth of the history here. But uh, just a couple things I found here. It uh, actually apparently is considered one of the most distinguishing marks. I mean, it would have to be considering, you know, uh, we're here talking about it. But uh, it was apparently helped. Part of the formation was helped by uh, quarrying in the 1800s of the bluff it's uh synonymous with the old native american legend that depicts it as the cap of dakota chief i'm hope i'm pronouncing this right wapasha oh yeah that's how they named the city is it yeah okay see i didn't get into that part of it yeah that's part of the reason they named it what it is but yeah apparently he was very well known for wearing a cap and being seen around wearing a special cap and so when I hope it had a feather in it, what I hope it's cap has a feather in it. I it mean, did. I would assume it probably did. I mean, you got to have a feather. There, well, there, Eagle maybe because they're very prominent out there. There was no pre- pictures with my you know historical information that I was given here, but I would assume so. Uh, but yes, that's why I was associated with it. He's very well known for wearing this cap around. And uh, but where it got the sugar loaf was uh, early. Euro-Americans thought it looked like a loaf of sugar that you'd buy at your local uh, general store, which... A loaf of sugar. Thank you. That is exactly where I was about to go, because I have never heard of a loaf of sugar. Yeah, neither have I. I've heard of a loaf of bread. Yeah. Which has sugar in it. I I don't know. Again, I, I was given no illustrations, but I heard loaf of sugar, and I just... I imagined a loaf of bread. But sugar. But sugar. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume it's like it. a block of salt for deer. Okay, you kind of think so? That but with sense. sugar. Like a big a sugar cube? Big, yeah, I mean, I've big seen old sugar, sugar cubes for yeah. a huge cup of coffee. Or just, <laughs> then we just taking a grater to it? You know? Yeah. Like, okay. Ooh, or maybe they have it on one of those meat spinning things that you just take a knife and slice it down. You know oh, what I'm talking about? <laughs> what are yeah. those called? I have no like idea. In, I mean, it's uh, like a rotisserie, kind like of, but it's vertical. It's like what they do for euros. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like in Mediterranean restaurants and stuff. Yeah, and they slice it down like that, but with sugar. That's a lot of sugar. Awesome. Yeah, so actually, yeah, like I said, uh through their website, there's a little more in depth information on that, but just a few highlights. Uh yeah, a loaf of sugar is where that's running around. Well, that is awesome. It is. I wanna find out what a loaf of sugar we, is. Now. Well, we just need to go to Winona. And they can show us a loaf. They can show us. Do we think they, they still show- have loaves of sugar? Well, I would assume so, considering Maybe. they even have on some of their uh, apparel that mm-hmm. they sell online, uh, several items that say Swedish sugar loaf and I like that. things like that. Yeah. Okay. The, the, in the email that we were sent, had the pictures of the t-shirts that, what was it? London, Rome, Paris, Winona. Yep. yep. I think you only need one city on there. Just Winona. And I hope they have hoodies because I want a hoodie. You want a hoodie? I want uh, a hoodie. They, they, I did find a zip up hoodie. Yes. Is that a jacket? That's a jacket. Oh, they have they have everything. They've got like pencil slash makeup cases, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, 
koozies. I want a thick mugs without a zip. I mean, I'll take one with a zip, but without a zip is preferable. I get it. I like the pockets for my hands. I'm that big connect. Zip. I'm big. Zip I, I want to be able though. to interlace my fingers in my pocket. Right. Yeah. It's just an ideal way to live. Awesome. Well, maybe we can maybe we can work something out. Okay. Maybe a t-shirt or two. Maybe Aaron swag bag. Maybe a swag bag. We're back on the swag bag. Back yeah, on the I swag want bag. I want a sweatsuit that says Winona on it, and Swe- I don't want it to just have like a neutral color and then a little Winona here and a little Winona on my chest. I want like what's common nowadays is how you have an item of clothing and then the brand of that clothing is just as many of the name as you can fit on those right. items, just all over it. I want that. You want that in the stuff we all get bag? Yeah, I want I want Swag. sweatpants or joggers and a hoodie to match, and okay. I want it to have at least a thousand Winonas on it. Tracksuit, like we're warming up as a. Okay, so let me ask you this: If you had to choose between okay. your swag bag, okay, that no one has said that we're gonna get from Winona, but no. it would be nice. I mean, we can all sit here with our fingers crossed. We can. Would you rather have the swag bag, or would you rather camp with the mayor? Both. I want to show up to our camping trip with the mayor in my swag items. <laughs> Wait a second. I want to camp with the mayor. I would like to camp with the mayor, but... Again, Mayor Scott Sherman, if you hear this, and you should, email us, what 3 at gmail.com. Yeah. Do mayors have Instagram accounts? Probably. I mean... He's a person. In I today's, know, but in today's it's, climate, yeah. It's still weird to me. So if you Mayor Scott Sherman, if you have Ooh. an Instagram account at Whoa What Pod. You know what I bet he has? What? I bet he has those massive scissors that you use for like a new building unveiling. I bet he has a pair of those. Oh yeah? You know those huge shears? Yes. Yeah, I want some of those. <laughs> I want a I want a massive set of shears to say went on on it. More than your swag bag. Yes. And more than camping with the the mayor. No, but... Do you want the mayor to present you with the... Yes. Do you want the mayor... I want to show up to a campground with a huge ribbon across it and then him cut open the campground with the massive shears to let us camp with him. Do we want it to be the be what sweet. campground? Yes, I want a, na- I want a campground named after You want it branded? And I want it to be yes. the, the, uh, the highest point of elevation in Winona. Whoa. I want to look over the city. <laughs> I mean, if we're just asking for stuff. I mean, I guess, well I, guess, I guess if you're going to ask for something, you might as well ask big. Yeah, and then you can negotiate down. Like maybe. Well, now you just gave it away. Well, I, Now I, they know what to expect. I refuse to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> so he just asked. We can negotiate down. I, I refuse, refuse to negotiate. To negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, that is, a, I think, a great place to, uh, to put a pin in it. Uh, we covered um, hunting, fishing, camping, a bunch of outdoorsy stuff, and maybe most importantly, Winona, Minnesota again. Which brings me, which or I'm sorry, which rather brings us to the end of episode two uh, about the great outdoors. And before we go, I want to finish this episode by saying one last huge thank you to the people at visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram. We were so excited to get the opportunity to look into this amazing city in Minnesota. Please, and I mean this, go visit visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram to see what this city can provide. We talked hiking, fishing, climbing, boating. This one little city really, 
this one little city really does have it all. Thank you, visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram for allowing us to show our audience what you offer. We cannot wait to plan a trip and camp with the mayor. Yes. Again, visitwinona.com and at visitwinona on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. And that is a whoa what guarantee. I like that. So with it all is. that being said, next week, episode three, we're going to go, we're going to toss it to something for Aaron. We're going to go right. cars and motorsports. The best thing. W- one of. So we'll do that next week. Tune in for that. I know I say this a lot, but if there's something that you guys want to talk about or want us to talk about, at pod on Instagram. Yep. what 3 at gmail.com. Send us something. Your favorite car. A story about a car. If you've been to motorsports, stuff like that. Send us those things. Um, because we want to talk about it. We I want to hear from you guys. With a, a teaser of how the next episode's going to go. Steven, you brought up a Duramax earlier. Uh-huh. How many liters is that? Is it 6.7? 6.6. Okay, well, it's close. Your your truck, your F-250 is 6.7. Okay. That, that is exactly how is it's there or Is there not a turbo on it? On the Duramax? There is. Oh, he knows. Yeah. All right, well. That didn't go as bad as I thought it was going to. It'll get worse. I'll find harder questions. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in next week um, for Cars and Motorsports. We'll we'll snap it around the table here saying, uh, doing our sign-offs. Go ahead, boys. Double A to the Ron. Out. (laughs) Maximus out of here. And this is Steven. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Again, whoa, what pod on Instagram, whoa, what three at gmail.com. Send us what you got.